If you will please, if you will take your Bibles and if you will open to the Old Testament book of 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles chapter 7. This week in preparing to come to the Lord's table, I've been trying to think of something that would, I felt like would be very appropriate as we approach the Lord's table. And the more I studied this particular section, the more I felt like, you know, this is a message that we need to hear as we come to the Lord's table. Just a little background. As we look at 2 Chronicles, we see how that in the, prior to this, how that God called Abraham out of the Ur of the Chaldees, and he called him, and he said that I'm going to make you to be the father of a great and a mighty nation. And if you remember, as a token of this promise, God established the tabernacle. And, of course, the tabernacle represented the very presence of God. And then, of course, God took them down to Egypt, and 400 years later, He was bringing them up. And when they when they were established in the promised land, then God replaced the tabernacle with the temple. And so what we have as we look at these verses this morning, we see where God is now in chapter 7, and as we start to read at verse 11, and you see God is now preparing the people for the dedication of the, of the temple. And what a message this is. Starting to read at verse 11, if you'll follow along. <clears throat> and thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house. And all that Solomon had planned to do in the house of the Lord and in his own house, he successfully accomplished. And then the Lord appeared to Solomon in the night and he said to him, I have heard your prayer and I have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. And then notice verse 13, he says, And when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence upon my people, he says this, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and consecrated this house that is my name, that it may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there for all times. And as for you, if you walk before me as David your father walked, doing according to all that I have commanded you, and keeping my statutes and my rules, then I will establish your, your royal throne, as I have covenanted with David your father, saying, You, are not, you shall not lack a man to rule Israel. <clears throat> and as I was thinking about, we're coming to the Lord's table And also, I wanted something that would certainly, that would point us in the right direction. And so I trust that as we think about these verses, 
that God will certainly use that. We're coming to the Lord's table this morning, and we're receiving the blessing that God has. And here is a wonderful message that God gives us as we approach the table. Let's look to the Lord in in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I do pray that you will just take these words. And Lord, we know that we're dependent upon your Holy Spirit to take the words and apply them to our hearts in such a way that, Lord, that they become real to us. So, Father, we just commit this to you, and we pray this in the name of Jesus, who is our Savior, who is our Lord, and who is our King. In his name we pray. Amen. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be coming up on a very special day, and that being the 4th of July. And, of course, as we all know, this is a special day in the life of our nation because we know that it was, this commemorates certain things and great happenings in our own land and in our country. And we remember how that God, in His grace and mercy, how that God raised up a group of people and brought them to this land, and they left their land so that they could come to a new land and here be able to work and live, raise their family, and worship without the interference of the government. And these people settled in, certainly I think we all believe, these people settled in what has become the greatest nation in the history of the world. And I say that without any, any hesitation. <clears throat> and so as we come and as we celebrate the 4th of July, I hope that we will remember the hand of God and how that God has worked in a mighty way and what God has been doing. You say, well, that's history, yes. <clears throat> what God did, that's history. But now what about today? You see, that's the question, the issue. Well, Without a doubt, we still admit, I have no doubt about it, the greatest nation in the history of the world. But you know, as we look about us today, though, I think we have to be concerned about some of the things that are going on today. You know, you think about the fact, today, millions of babies are being killed through abortion. <clears throat> we think, for example, <clears throat> how that biblical truth is being denied and distorted. And when you hold this up today, many people say, no, that's outdated. Certainly, there's so many things that we could say. Our Christian faith is being attacked in so many areas and in so many places. <clears throat> and, you know, when all of this happens... I know I find myself, and perhaps you can identify with this, I want to look back and say, Lord, what's going on? Uh, You know, God, what are you doing? Or, Lord, don't you care? And, of course, the answer to this is without a doubt, yes, God cares. And I think that something that's so important is this morning we see God shows us just how much He cares Because God has given us a word, a very relevant word, a very uh, significant word, a word that that we certainly hear. And as we come to the Lord's table this morning again, what a message for us. As we come and as we partake of the Lord's table, 
What a message God has given us to consider. Listen again, verse 14. God says this, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, God says, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal the land. As I read this, there's something that's very, very important. And that is, as we look at this, you see what God is really saying here, He's really speaking to me. In other words, He's concerned about me and getting me right with the Lord. Not to offend you, but He's talking about you too as well. And you see, God is saying to to both of us, and you see what He is saying here is that the secret to dealing with the problems that we face today is that, you see, what God is saying is, is that God wants to get me and you and His people to get us right with the Lord and to get us right with one another. And then God says, then we're going to deal with some of these situations we're talking about. But He says, But if my people, who are called by my name, if we'll just humble ourselves and pray and seek God's face, and if we'll turn from our wicked ways, then God says He will forgive and He will heal the land. The thing we need to understand this morning, this is God talking to us today. And what a message this is. What a promise. But you know what's interesting? As we think about the message, what a responsibility God is also adding on this. Note what he says. Certain responsibilities. First of all, if my people who are called by my name. Now, first of all, who are the my people who are called by God's name? Well, We read these verses, and I wanted us to look at this, and I gave us a little background. And you see, God's word directly is to Solomon. And here, at this time, Israel alone, and this was the dedication of the the temple there, and at this time, Israel alone would be considered the people of God. But now today, with the coming of the Lord Jesus, with His life and His death and His resurrection, and all that Jesus has done, so therefore today... We would be included in this because we are certainly a part of the people of God. If we believe in Jesus, we're the people of God. Now watch this because I think this is so important. You see, God is saying to us in these verses that when God is going to straighten the situation out, when God is going to turn things and make things like they should be, that's when you and I and the people of God when we get right with the Lord. Now, notice how he spells this out, because you see, he gives them some very specific. There's a promise, but yet at the same time, he's very specific as far as the requirements. Know what he says. He says, first of all, if my people shall humble themselves. You know, I find it rather interesting that humility is the first thing that he mentions here. 
What do we mean by humility? I like an illustration or a definition that I read where somebody uh, said it's like this, that humility is realizing that God and others are responsible for the things that I've been able to accomplish. You think about that. God and others have enabled me to do certain things. And that's the idea. Of course, we know that the opposite of humility is what? Pride. And the Bible says that pride has always been an abomination to God. Pride has always been a stumbling block both to man and to angels. You know, I think about the illustration of of Nebuchadnezzar. To me, that's a good uh, illustration of what we're talking about. In Daniel, we read about how King, King Nebuchadnezzar, after he had conquered the world, One day he went out and he looked over Babylon and he said boastfully in pride, he said, is this not the Babylon that I have accomplished with my own power and by might? And you see, to Nebuchadnezzar, God didn't have anything to do with it. It was all him and it was pride. And of course, we see how God deals with pride because that very day, You see, God took his kingdom away from him. And that very day, God struck Nebuchadnezzar. And he was insane. And the scriptures point out how that for seven years, as a result of this, he lived out in the wilderness among animals. And you see, the scripture says that's what God thinks about pride. And that's why we need to understand it what it's all about. Or I think about the situation, I think about Adam and Eve. Very clearly, they fell because of pride. You remember the story? How God, when He created Adam and Eve, He also created a beautiful garden that would be their home. And He placed them in the garden. And and God said to Adam and Eve, Now, this is your home. All of this is for your your enjoyment, your benefit. But God said, but now, you see over there in the midst of the garden, you see that tree over there? That's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. All the trees, all the fruit for your benefit. But he said, but you must not eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because in the day that you eat of it, God said, you're going to surely die. Well, Not long after this, we see that Satan comes to the garden. And, of course, he's always tempting uh, Eve. And he comes to Eve, and Satan says, Eve, is it really true that God says you cannot eat of the fruit of this beautiful garden? And she said, oh, no, no, That's that's not the situation. She said, We can eat all of the fruit except that one over there, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God says that we must not eat of that because in the day that we eat of it, we're going to surely die. Satan's response was, now Eve, you can't believe what God says. Of course, when you think about it, that's typical even today. Satan says to us today, you can't believe what God says. No. 
And you see, he went on and Satan said, because you see, that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God knows that in the day that you eat of it, you'll be wise like God. And you see, the Bible points out, and that's when pride set in. And Eve began to think, hmm, be like God. Yeah, give me some of that fruit. And, of course, she ate it, and then she gave it to Adam, and he ate it. And, of course, we know the, the result. Pride was the downfall of Adam and Eve. And the Scripture is saying to us how often today even pride prevents us from being able to enjoy and it keeps us from serving God and how we miss out today on so many of the blessings of God and that is because of pride. You know, as I was thinking about uh, this week, thinking about all of this, when you think about the message of the world, the message of the world is that happiness is to be found really in pride because The message of the world is fame and fortune, power and pleasure. You know, you think about it. All you have to do is turn the television on, and that's what you get. All you have to do is open up your computer, and that's what you get. All you have to do is turn your phone on to read the, the newspaper, and this is what you, this is exactly what you get. And you see, the sad thing about it is that how the world is using all of this And what it's doing is it's taking us, it's drawing us away from God. And you see, that's the message that we need to learn in this. And uh, in contrast, this James says, God sets himself against the proud and the haughty. He says, but he gives grace to the lowly. And what this is saying is, if we're really concerned today about what's going on out yonder, If we really care about life, what's going on in the condition of the world. You see, what this is saying is, by the grace of God, we need to humble ourselves before God. And, you know, as we come to the Lord's table this morning, you see, that's the message we need to begin with. That is, we need to humble ourselves before the Lord. And we need to realize, realize what God is saying to us. We need to realize and think about what God has done for us. We need to think about what this table this morning is is all about. God says, if my people will humble themselves, and then he goes on and he says, if my people will pray. You know, we ask, well, why is prayer so important? Why? Well, for one thing, You see, in prayer, we are communicating with God. That's very important. But also, along with this, prayer is important because, you see, prayer teaches us some very, very important things about God. For example, it teaches us who He is, what He has done, and what it is that God expects of us, that God requires of us. And equally important, you see, it teaches us our need and our dependence upon God. In other words, in prayer, we come before God realizing, realizing how we need God. And we can't do without Him. And you see, that's where humility comes in. 
Again, we recognize we can't do it on our own. And you see, that's the message that God is, is saying to us. <clears throat> and this is what prayer teaches us, and this is why prayer is so important. And you see, what Scripture says to us is that we need to be coming before God today in prayer. We need to be praying for our nation. We need to be praying for our leaders. We need to be praying for the situations that, that are going on. We need to bring our problems before God. Because you see, the point is, we need God. We certainly need Him, and we are dependent upon Him. If my people will humble themselves, shall pray, and you look at these specifics, that very specifics that God gives us as our responsibility. And He says, and if my people shall seek my face. Think about this. Along with prayer, coming before God in worship, that is seeking His face, is a very, very important part and a very precious thing that God has provided for us. You know, you think back, and we think back to the Old Testament, and you see the people of God at that time, it was Israel, and the people of Israel, they were not able to come into the presence of God. No, because in the tabernacle and in the temple, you remember there was that veil that separated And, of course, that was because of sin. And so it was that veil that separated. And the high priest, only on one day out of the year, was he able to come into the very presence of God. (coughs) Excuse me. But the Bible teaches us, but with the coming, with the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, something happened signifying that excuse me <clears throat> that the way has now been opened up so that we're now able to come <coughs> into the very presence of God yes one of the precious privileges as well as the great responsibilities that we have is that we can come before God and we can come right into his presence we can seek his face And so he says, if my people call by my name, he says, will humble themselves, will pray, seek my face. And then he says, he says, if my people will turn from their wicked ways. Now note this, (coughs) note this, the verb shall turn is in the present tense. And that means, as we've seen before, that means continuous action. In other words, it's not that we turn from our wicked ways one time and it's done. No, no. It's continuous action. As a believer, you see, the Holy Spirit continues to work in our hearts and our lives. And the Holy Spirit continues to show us those areas that we need to be concerned with and to deal with. We call this repentance. We're coming more. I used the illustration one time. And I I like this illustration where, where the person said that when God saved me, God gave me a new want to. In other words, now that I am a believer, I want to do those things that are pleasing to God. I want to be obedient to God's Word. I want to serve God. And it's a continuous action there. It's not just something we do once and then it's done. But we continue to do this. 
You know, Psalm 139, <coughs> excuse me, is a, that's a practical application of this. David says in that, listen at this. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. He says, try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way of everlasting. In other words, <clears throat> you see here David is asking God that if God would. Thank you. <laughs> I should have thought about that myself. Let me have a swallow here. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> David is asking God in this. <clears throat> Let me read it again. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there's any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. You see here, David is actually asking God if he would shine his spotlight on his life and see what's there. <clears throat> of course, David knew that if God did that, that God would find sin and he would find wickedness and he would find all of this stuff. But you see, that's exactly what, <clears throat> what David wanted, what he wanted, because he wanted God to expose the sin in his life and to make it right. <clears throat> and David said, he goes on, he says, he says, lead me in the way everlasting. And Lord, I want to turn from my wicked ways. <clears throat> so when we think about all of this, and we think about what God is saying here. Here we see we have the answer. The answer to the problems that we face today. You see, this is what God wants. And let me say it this way. What God wants is for the people of God to be the very people that God wants us to be. And when that is true, he says it will make quite a difference there. <clears throat> and God says... When we're faithful to his word, he says, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive your sins. And then I will heal the land. <clears throat> what a promise there. What a promise. If my people will live together in humility, if we pray and seek his face, and if we turn from our wicked ways, then God promises that his glory will be poured out upon us. <clears throat> you know, I think of an example or two of just this very thing. Asa, you remember, was one of the kings of Judah. <clears throat> and God came to Asa one day, and he warned Asa not to let Judah become corrupt like Israel had come. <clears throat> Don't let that happen. And King Asa, he took God serious. And he went about throughout the land of Judah. And what he did, <clears throat> he destroyed all of the idols that had been erected to the false gods. And then he rebuilt the altars to the, to the true God. <clears throat> and he led the people in prayer and in worship of God. And in result of this, what happened was that God poured out his blessings on the land of, of Judah. <clears throat> and it was blessed. I think of <clears throat> Jonah. 
is another example of what we're talking about here. And I say this because I want us to show and I want us to see that when we do what God says, God blesses and God is faithful. I think about Jonah. You remember the story of Jonah, how that God sent Jonah up to Nineveh and how Jonah preached the message. And he said that God's wrath is going to fall on the land of Nineveh, on the city of Nineveh, if you don't turn from your sin and turn to God. And look what happened. Jonah chapter 3. Let me just read a couple of these verses. And so the people of Nineveh, this is after the message, and so the people of Nineveh, they believed God, and they proclaimed a fast, and they put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. And then the word came to the king, and he arose from his throne, and he laid aside his robe, and he covered them, and he covered himself with sackcloth, and he sat, sat in ashes. And the king said to the people, Let everyone turn from his evil ways and from the violence that is in his hands. And who can tell? Maybe God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. And then God saw their works, that they had turned from their evil ways. And God relented from the disaster that he said that he would bring upon them. And God did not destroy them. What a message that is. What a passage that is. And you see what that says to us today? God is a God who accepts real repentance. God's heart is a merciful God, is a merciful heart. It's it's a a loving heart. And you see, that's the message we have today. As we come before the Lord's table today, it's the message of what this is all about. You see, this is not a message about me or about you. It's not a table about me or you. But rather, this is a table about the Lord and what it is that the Lord has done for us. And so as we come to the table today, let us come in humility, realizing what it is that God has done for us. Let us come realizing this, and then let us come in prayer, in worship, in thanksgiving, in praise, and may we come in repentance with a desire that we want to turn from our sin, and we want to turn and follow God. And you see, the message is, if this is our desire, if this is really what we seek, then certainly God will respond in a way today the way God has responded in the past. Certainly God will hear. He will hear from heaven. He says he will forgive our sins. And God said, I'll heal your land. Boy, what a message and what a passage and what a a promise we have. Let's look to the Lord as we just thank God for his word. And as we prepare to come to the Lord's table this morning. Heavenly Father. We thank you for this dear word that you have given to us. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have the promise that if we as your people, if we respond in faith to you, Lord, that you will hear the prayers, you will see our our results, you'll see our lives, and Lord, that you would receive our repentance and that you will heal the land. 
Lord, that's the great concern we have today. And as we come to the Lord's table this morning, Lord, we come. We come in humility. We come seeking from, uh, to turn from our sin. We come to you in prayer. And Lord, we ask you that you would just be with us and heal the land and use this land to your glory. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. <clears throat>